1: I've been sparking up my tools, I've been looking to win, spend a little again, I've been for spittle to them, my God I riddled again, I told them stop clowning around, they said what goes up comes down, I said I'm down with the sickness, my team stay ill
0: now, come get this, I'm just that. so Debbie Delight, I stay ready tonight, deep dive, we rise, that's the melee alright, D- Debbie Delight, D- Debbie Delight, the light. da 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 da, Debbie Delight, hey
1: Welcome to another episode of the WD Delight, brought to you by the Drive In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, Stoops and I had a little fun earlier in the week, and we kind of drafted um, the opted-out players to talk about today. We literally put up a poll for five minutes. I won the poll, and then we just drafted basically three guys each um, and who we're gonna talk about today of the players that have opted out. The list is not super, super long. But there's a lot of talent within this mix, obviously, with Jameer Chase opting out and Kenneth Gainwell being the two more more recent names. Well, obviously, Jamie Newman as well now. Um, We did the SEC preview show two weeks ago, and I talked about Jamie Newman and how important the season was for him. And then two weeks later, he just completely opts out. But for me personally, talking about Jamie Newman real quick, for me, I feel like he had a lot of questions that needed to be answered. and I'm not sure if he could have lived up to all these questions and if he might have gotten benched, right? JT Daniels is just sitting in his back ear waiting. And they're saying that he was struggling in, in, in practice while Daniels was kind of shining. So they probably could have pulled the plug. And then what Jamie Newman's stock would have been after that would have been very ugly. I mean, period, you know what I'm saying? So what were your initial reaction and thoughts of Jamie Newman opting out?
2: I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, Oh yeah!
1: <laughs> I didn't even, as always, join. The-
2: <laughs> no, but um,
1: that's, yeah. I, scoops, by the way, for the first yeah, time, that's,
2: listeners. yeah, that's me. But um, now he needed it. We we you know you said it. I agreed. He needed this season, especially going to the SEC. Right. That that's if he was to come in and even have a remotely better season, you know, it doesn't have to blow it away, but had a better season than what he did last year. I think that would have answered a lot of questions. Cause again, the, the level of competition is, is much, much better. Um, he needed it. So for him to opt out and it, it's, it's one of those things with Georgia now, like, what, what are they going to do? Because from what I'm hearing, like, I don't think JT uh, – from what I've heard, JT Daniels isn't medically cleared yet. He, I, I right. think the knee he's issue is – Yeah.
1: He's scrimmaging, like, but he's not able to have contact yet, which is correct, issue, obviously.
2: So it's – I'm sure he'll – you know, I don't know, but I, I'm sure he'll he'll get cleared um, before the season. Maybe not. I don't know. But if they don't, like, what are they going to do? Just – run wildcat every play like i don't you know Samir white will be the quarterback. yeah exactly so you know J- jamie newman 100 needed this season um i would be interested to see or hear like what was it that he was told like hey you should opt out like you you know does he have a high grade that we just don't see or but it's one of those things with with um jordan love right where it's just yeah. like everyone was like jordan love jordan love jordan love and we're just like i just don't see it you know maybe nfl or or other scouts are saying now he's he's a he's a first round talent you know i don't know yeah. but it's just one of those things where i would be very interested to see what he was told who he was told by you know and what what caused that um you know decision and maybe it was just more of he just felt safer not being around hundreds of Absolutely. people you know i don't know it could just be a, something as simple as that and and it's more of a long term Right, life decision. You know, yeah, he'll get. Here's the thing: he's a quarterback. Like he's going to get drafted, right? He's still gonna. I would have to. The problem is,
1: is, is the season, like we talked about on the show a thousand times. Like outside of Lance and Fields, the quarterback field is really like up for grabs. You know, Mm -hmm. Trask, Costello. There's so many unquote. You know, even talking about Nagy's guy today, you know, Derek King, like there's so many guys that are in that three, and I'm sorry, sorry, Trey Lance is in the world too. <laughs> but, guys in that three through, like all there has to be is like three or four guys that kind of just pop off. Like Brady White has a great season. Shane Beckler has a great season. KJ Costello just does a mediocre. JT JT Daniels can opt, You know, he can opt out and go into the draft this year. So like if, if Daniels kills it this year, his stock goes through the roof, and Newman's just kind of sitting at the house. Look, again, if it's health-related, understandable, right? You know what I mean? I, I understand it. I'm not criticizing his decision. I'm just saying for his draft value, and I think we're both saying that, this was a – it's a bad decision.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree.
1: <laughs> so, Stoops and I, like I said, I, obviously, you know, that's Stoops over there who's been talking. I can't believe I that's the first time I've ever done that. I I, I know. started ranting about Jamie Newman and not being drafted – or not – you know, opting out. So, we did a little bit of a, um, like I said, a little mini draft and uh, Stoops. I got picked first, but I'm going to let you go first. Who was the first guy you, you're going to talk about?
2: Yeah, the first guy I'm going to talk about is um, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. He was a four star prospect coming out. Um, 61st-ranked wide receiver and the 40th-ranked player in the state of Georgia. He's 6'2", 210, so got some good sides to him, right? He, he's super athletic. I mean, when you watch the film, like, he he just pops off. One thing I was super pumped about was to see him as the guy this year, right, with Tyler Johnson gone, Rashad Bateman. Like, it was his team. It was his time, right? It, it was it was, the, it was Bateman's time. So I was excited to see that. But based on what he did last year, I, I think he's – he's proven that he he's worthy right he he is capable of being a top guy and even though he technically wasn't even the number one option it didn't seem that way right it's it's almost like you had a 1a 1b option and that's that's all that's more than what you could ask for but you look at his stats last year he played in 13 games saw 90 targets had 60 receptions for just over 1200 yards he had 13 it was 13.5 yards per target and he had 20.3 yards per catch so he was big plays, right? He he was just he was he was getting it done. Yards after catch um was phenomenal. He he definitely knows how to to make plays once the ball is in his hands. He's able to make, tac- make tacklers miss and just very physical with his runs. But he had 11 receiving touchdowns, which I thought was was an awesome, awesome number to have. 42 first downs, no fumbles. I know from a receiver, you definitely want to see the zero, but there's times we've seen it one, two, five, right? So for him to have zero fumbles um this year and last year combined is is pretty awesome to see. He had 93.8 yards per game. So definitely almost hit that 100-yard mark um but even still from a receiver seeing 80 plus yards a game, like 75 plus yards a game, like that that's pretty phenomenal and then even having some touchdowns sprinkled in there uh, is definitely something nice to see. So I went and looked at his his game log. I'm not going to go through every single game, um, all 13 of them, but I broke it down basically games with uh, 50 yards or less and then 50 to 99 yards and then over 100 yards. He had three games where he had less than 50 yards, one of those coming against Nebraska. He had four targets, one reception for negative four yards, zero touchdowns. And then you flip it around, right? And then it starts to to really, really increase. When you go to the games, he had one, two, three, four, five games that were 50 to 99 yards and against Iowa so 11 targets. That was the most targets he saw in one game, 11 targets, six receptions, 98 yards, didn't have a touchdown. But Northwestern, nine targets, seven receptions for 78 yards and three touchdowns, three touchdowns. So definitely love seeing that. But When you go to the games of 100 yards or more, he had five as well in that he had a touchdown in every single one of these games. It was um the big big game that he had was Penn State. I don't know if you watched that Minnesota Penn State game live. That was the first one that I I really sat down and watched. I was watching Minnesota because they were playing a a good team, right? Bateman just tore them apart. I mean, it was it was silly, right? If you if you have a chance to go back and watch his his film from that game, I highly recommend it. He, he showed his, his abilities on every level in that game. He had seven targets, seven receptions, 203 receiving yards. Only had the one touchdown, but it was a very, very nice touchdown. Um, he basically beat the corner. The safety was late getting over. Um, and and honestly, Morgan almost threw it. If he would have thrown it half a second later, I don't think that pass even gets completed. But the concentration on Bateman's on B- Bateman's in knowing that that safety's coming over, and he still made that catch and ran it in for a touchdown. It was a long touchdown at that. So he had, like I said, five games with a hundred yards or more, um, and two of those went for hundred and seventy-five yards or more. Three total touchdowns in those two games. So his catch percentage in those was was phenomenal. Um, he just catches everything. That's the thing. Like when it's a accurate pass. And that was one thing I noticed when watching some film with Morgan. I liked Tanner Morgan, but there was some passes that I just felt like he wasn't getting settled with. And they were just, you know, over the top. They were short. They were, you know, left, right. It just wasn't as accurate as what it could have been. But Rashad Bateman, he's able to adjust. And that's a big thing too. We always say that he's able to adjust to, to um, off target passes and that's just something you've you've got to you've got to be able to do at the next level for sure. They're going to obviously be more often than not pretty accurate passes, but there's times pressure gets to the quarterback. So, um a couple of notes I've got on him. Um like I said he's great after the catch. He's just tough to bring down. You're not going to be able to arm tackle him, right? He's going to run through you. He's going to stiff arm you. He's he's going to get around you in some way. So, you got to square up in front of him. You got to, you know, you can't arm tackle him. He's going to break through it. Um As I said already, adjusted the ball very, very well. Um, Morgan threw a little bit. Uh, He is an accurate passer, but a lot of some of his passes weren't weren't the most accurate. But that's where adjusting to the ball comes in. Um, I loved how he sells his routes. There was a couple a couple plays where he just made the corners just they were dancing. Right, he's out there just making his moves, and the corners are getting all turned around, and some of them are tripping over themselves, and he's just running it, you know, getting wide open. He's beating guys by four or five yards because he's making them slow down and, and kind of spin around in circles. Um and the one that I, I i that stood out the most I was watching the Purdue game um where he had six six targets, six catches, one hundred and seventy seven yards and two touchdowns. It was against purdue. <laughs> I put in the notes he put the d b on skates. it was just he was fumbling backwards and he kind of spins around and he beats him by five yards for a forty seven yard touchdown. It's plays like that 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 put Bateman above a lot of these other receivers. obviously, there is a receiver that will. No, no spoiler, but we'll be talked about that. You know, is is clearly, clearly, clearly on the same level, but it's just Bateman separates himself from a lot of these guys with the small things that he can do that really are big things in the end. So he's a guy I'm a huge, huge fan of, um, and I know a lot of people are as well. Um, He is my wide receiver one though in my rankings. So that's how much I like him.
1: Yeah, I was. I was, I, I kind of go back and forth and I was kind of looking at your rankings and I was looking at mine and obviously my number one receiver is the guy I'm about to talk about is just Jameer Chase, but um, real quick Bateman, where do you see him going just in the future? What round do you see him kind of going in, in, in drafts and in rookie drafts in the future?
2: I'd be shocked if he's not a first round guy. Um, I don't, especially in a super flex, I don't see him being a top three, four pick. Um, yeah. Based on landing spots for, for for certain quarterbacks, obviously, but um, you know, it just depends on some, how someone drafts. To be honest with you, um, I always do just kind of you know best player available. So if I need a receiver or not, I don't. It makes no difference to me if he's the best player, I'm going to take him. But I'd be shocked if he's if it's a 12 team league, right? I'd be shocked if it's anything after six. But definitely first round, I would 100 yeah. take him first round. Um, yeah, that's why and not hesitate at all. That's why receiver class is loaded, man. Yeah, it's
1: insane. All right. The guy I'm going to talk about, obviously, is Jameer Chase, 6'1", 195. We got the announcement. He's four-star prospect. We got the announcement that he was, in fact, going to opt out this year, which not really surprisingly, um, you know, I talked about a little bit. He did have the one season, so we're going off the one season of body of work. But if we're going to go off one season, this is the type of season that you want to go off of. 84 catches, 1,780 yards, 20 touchdowns, um, you, you know – 84 total catches last year. 47 went for first downs. 20 of those, or 20 and and 20 of his 84 went for touchdowns. So that means 67 of the 84 resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. To me, that's absolutely absurd. 83 percent of his catches went for eight or more yards. 61 percent of his catches went for over 14 yards, and then 35 percent of his catches went for 21 or more yards. 14 touchdowns last year, over 21 yards. 14, guys, that's a lot. That's like more touchdowns than a lot of receivers had a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. 14 of them. He had touchdowns of 64, 51, 54, 51, 61, 50, 78, 52. I was watching some of his tape yesterday, and he was making defenses look silly. And, and I sent Stoops a clip yesterday and yes, it was against Vandy and it, it's Vandy. And it just kind of shows you how much more uh, talented he is versus some of these Vandy, but, but he literally just ran right by like three guys on the Vanderbilt defense and made him completely look foolish. And it was just funny to watch him do what we, what do what we want guys like him to do against these, you know, these below average defenses. And he did just that. Um Nine catches in the red zone, six went for touchdowns. He had three games over 200 yards last year. Nine out of his 14 went for 100 yards. Um, he had a touchdown or 100 yards in all but one game. Um, there's this one little stat thing I was looking, I was breaking down his stats. In the month of November, he had 27 catches for 708 yards and eight touchdowns. 27 catches. For 708 yards. I was just I was just like, I was like, ah, oh, cool. You know, we already know he's a, you know, yard per, you know, catch monster. But when I was looking at it, I was like, how do you have – he has 26 yards a catch in the month of November, which is just absolutely absurd to me to think at. His last collegiate game that we all will go off of, you know, a lot of it's like, all right, well, what was that last game? Nine catches, 221, two touchdowns, obviously helping LSU win that national title. The thing about it is is – Yes, Joe Burrow was insane last year, right? But so was Justin Jefferson and Jameer Chase, right? When you're watching this tape from a season ago, you realize how good some of these guys are after the catch. Jameer Chase is one of the best receivers after the catch I've seen in a while, it's it's insane to me. He catches the ball, and he flies right by these defenses. And when you're talking about competition, you know, you're playing in the SEC, right? You know what I mean? He had big games against big-time schools with big-time players on the football field. So his yards after the catch is insane. He's amazing off the ball. I, I You were talking about Bateman and how good he is off the ball. Ch- chase the same way, right? He would look so, make these cornerbacks just look silly. Like, it's just that first step. You know what I mean? It's all about that first step. You hear about that a lot. You know what I mean? Getting off the ball. He made the, he made one step and he was he, he was gone. You know what I'm saying. Um, another thing I like about Chase is this: he's not the biggest receiver, 6'1", 195. He's obviously not big, but he's not afraid to go up and get the ball, right? And and that's it's also very pivotal because there was times where Burrow kind of just threw it up there because mm-hmm. he knew his guy was going to go get it, right? And that's that's the testament to Chase as a, as a player. He's like, you know, I know that I could trust Chase to go up there and get this ball, and that's what you want out of your wide receiver is to be able to be aggressive in the air. So he makes that great adjustment in the ball with the ball in the air. There's several times where I saw him make a move in the air, kind of step in front of a cornerback or, or catch the ball over the cornerback. That's super impressive. Um, again, for, for a side, he's very hard to break down. He's not as muscular as, like, Bateman is. You know what I mean? Bateman, if you look at Bateman, Bateman is chiseled. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he is. And for me, it's like it was interesting to see how hard he was to uh, bring down. He will. He's going to win football games, win fantasy games. He's going to win it all for his down-the-field route running. Um, I don't think there's a route this kid can't run. And it's impressive to watch him, whether it's the short intermediate, whether it's the medium, or whether it's going deep. He's, he's – God, he just – man he, he runs that streak sometimes and you just watch him; he just blows by the corner and he's like you said with Bay he's four or five yards down the field and it's like he, he's gone you know what i'm saying so to me it's it's insane and then the the most impressive thing is obviously the yards after the catch but the breakaway speed after the catch um he, it just kind of shows that he's this playmaker that you want on the football field he's like that tyree kill the Henry Ruggs that, you know, a lot of people talk about, these guys that catch the ball and can make plays after the catch. To me, Jameer Chase is is one of the better prospects. I mean, we talked about how deep last year was, and it, it was deep. You know what I'm saying? But Chase is right up next to some of those guys that were taken last year, in my opinion, and he had an unbelievable season. I would totally take this. He's my number one rod receiver. And and the thing about it is I don't really feel like you could go wrong here at the number one receiver position. You know what I'm saying? Like Chase or Bateman or even if some people throw in Waddle and, and a few of these other guys. And it's like this guy is legit and this guy is going to be good. And um, please go to Cincinnati. But um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. He to me as well. He's a first round guy, right? You know, even in Superflex, that's he's a he's a like you said, top what ten, top He talks first round. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's a, it doesn't matter. I don't think landing spot's gonna really matter for him and Bateman. They're gonna go up there and do their thing, and, and they're both super talented. And like I said, this wide receiver class is super loaded, and it's that's the top man. It it doesn't get much better than it, it, it is right now. I love Chase though. I love him a lot. I agree. All right. Transition into the second guy you're going to talk about, sir.
2: The second guy I'm going to talk about is Kennedy Brooks, running back out of Oklahoma. Um, I joked about it, right? Poor Trey Sermon. I'm not going to get into Trey Sermon talk, but poor guy, right? He, you know, anyway, he could have had the starting job. But Kennedy Brooks, uh, running back out of Oklahoma, four star prospect coming out of high school. Um, he was the 16th ranked running back and the 35th ranked player in the great state of Texas. Um, 5'11", 209, um, he'll probably, you know, I, I don't, I don't hate the 209 weight. I think he could put on, get up to 215 or so, and that six pounds isn't going to really affect him. It's just going to help his, his physicality a little bit more. But, um, nonetheless, I, I like the size he's even at right now. But when you look at his stats, back to back thousand yard rushing, uh, seasons. And honestly, I feel like he did that quietly. I don't think he was ever, I mean, people talked about him a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I, I I don't think he got the same hype as other people. And the reason I think that is he's not a flashy guy. He just gets the job done, right? He He does have some big plays. But um, I'll get to the numbers, but to kind of get into some of my notes, like his acceleration is 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 really, really good but he gets to his top end speed quick and that's it, right? He doesn't have that second gear. Like once he hits that second level, like he's already at top speed. So it's kind of like some other guys, their acceleration may not be as, as good as his, but they're going to catch him eventually. Right. So it's just one of those things where that's just kind of his game, right? He's not going to be the big play threat. That's just going to break a tackle and go 85 yards and outrun everyone. Right. Right. He's going to get the job done. He's going to get you the first downs. He's going to get you those short yardage gains. Because um, if you look at his 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 touches, right, by yards, when you look at 2019 uh, specifically, he um, had 78 touches for 4 to 13 yards. That's 47.3% of his touches. And whenever you look at 14 to 21 plus yards, he had 24 touches, which is 14 and a half, which really isn't a terrible number by any means. But you look at it, almost half of his touches – We're four to 13 yards. Again, we've said it. If, if a running back, not how often is a running back going to get it on first, second, third down. Now it happens, but if he's going to get you four yards at minimum, 47.3% of the time, more often than not, you're going to first down, first down, first down, right? That's, that's what you're asking for. You don't expect to have a running back that is going to get you 15, 15, 15. Like it's, it'd be nice. But at the same time, like that's not expected. Right? So he goes in, he gets the job done. Um, one area that I am a little bit concerned with, and I think he's capable of it, is the pass catching. When you look at it, first um, out of 2018-2019 season, um, he had twenty two targets, seventeen receptions, seventy seven point three catch percent, which is which is fine. I'm not concerned with that. But he only saw the twenty two targets. Now you can say, well, they had Ceedee Lamb, they had all these other guys. Right? I get it. He wasn't needed to. He wasn't asked to catch you know passes out of the backfield. I get it. But it's just something you like to see. You want to see a little bit more of it. He did have zero receiving touchdowns, um, but he had 18 rushing touchdowns altogether. So, again, he is doing what is asked of him, right? He had 81 first downs. So, um, when I looked at it, I was looking at his medium and short yard stats. So, I looked at it for second, third, and fourth down, mainly because he didn't have any on first down. All he had was first and 10 and first and goal, I believe it was. So, when you look at second, third, and fourth uh, medium and short yardage touches, altogether he had 5 targets, 4 receptions, 19 yards, 24 rush attempts for 292 yards and 5 touchdowns. 32% of his first downs came on basically uh, second and third medium and short, so 32 of his total first down. 32%, I'm sorry, 32% of his total first downs came on those short yardage touches. So he just gets it done, right? And he accounted for 311 total yards on those second, third, and fourth um, medium to short yard yard touches. So I'm a huge fan of Kennedy Brooks, and I'll be the first to tell you. I've watched film on him, um, but I guess I did not watch it as in-depth as I really, really should have um, because I, I don't have him ranked. And my my top running backs, and I, I feel ashamed to say that now, but um he's definitely moving his way in there. I've actually I was looking at it this morning. Um, I actually think I'm going to slot him in at the 11th spot. I still don't have him in that top 10, but um I'm still going to slot him in there at the 11th, but real quick, you look at his 2019 numbers, and I'm just going to jot through that real quick. 14 targets, 10 receptions, 79 yards, 155 rush attempts, just over 1,000 yards, 6 rushing touchdowns at first down. So when you look at, he only had 155 rush attempts. We've seen other running back so I think if I remember correctly Keontae Ingram was around that and correct me if I'm wrong but he didn't have a thousand yards right he was I think 800 700 800 yards you know it's all right it's not bad for as as few touches but the fact that Kennedy Brooks is having fewer touches than a lot of other guys but still over a thousand yards that's where I say I think he's quietly Getting these stats right, he is not that eye popping guy. He's not gonna, you know, he'll have those plays where you're just like, man, that that guy's got it, right? But he's just not in the top ten on Sports Center all the time. Like he's just not that kind of player, and that's perfectly fine because it's one of those things too. And I'm not trying, I'm not comparing him to a Nick Chubb per se, but that kind of reminds me of like what a Nick Chubb does, right? It's just like he's not gonna have those big eye popping top ten Sports Center plays, yeah. but he's getting you the job done, right? That's what you want to see, so. I'm a fan of him um and again I'm ashamed to say it he he was not in my top 15 but after watching more in-depth film on him and really spending some some serious time digging down a little bit more he needs to be in that that top 15 at minimum um and he could potentially keep rising up obviously with him opting out other guys are gonna play I'm gonna see more film on him we'll go that route when it, when the time comes but um I still think though as far as rookie drafts go for him i think it's going to be super um, my landing spot dependent. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's going to get the job done no matter where he goes, but if he doesn't get those opportunities, right, if he's, he's sitting behind someone who just signed a new contract, it's tough to take him in that. But if he gets an ideal landing spot, I wouldn't hate taking him late first of a rookie, early to mid second. Um, for sure, second round. I would not, no matter what his landing spot is, second round, I wouldn't hesitate to take him. I, I think he's got that kind of talent. But, um, man, he 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 did surprise me more cuz again you hear his name and you know he's got the stats but it's just a, he just did it so quietly that that was my biggest thing with him
1: man you got me uh you've got me wanting to take a gander at him like I, I don't have him in my top 15 either right now looking at mine and it's it's the thing about it is, is we're watching so much as we kind of watch some of these newer guys. And as we transition into this 2021 draft class, there's a lot of guys that we we haven't necessarily spent a whole lot of time on. That's going to really kind of impress us. The guy that I'm going to talk about is a guy you've talked about a lot. And in hearing you talk about him, it's still, to me, never really registered how good this kid is. And that's Kenneth Gainwell. Good old Kenny game, And I'll be honest with you guys. I have Kenny at number 12 on my list uh, for my running back rankings this year. Stoops has him all the way at five. And I was like, man, is he really that good? And, you know, folks, I'd hate to break it to you guys. This kid's really good. Uh, 5'11", 195, three-star prospect. Um, It's kind of funny, like I mentioned, uh, another one-year kind of wonder kind of guy. But if this is going to be that type of year that you go off of, this is the same thing I feel with Chase. You go off this year. I mean, 230 carries, 1457 yards, 13 touchdowns, 51 catches last year. That one, that to me is is the one that blew me out of the water. Is understanding this man had 51 catches this year, last year. That to me is insane. Now, obviously, he had a big time game where a lot of the chunk of those yards came in, but the game against Tulane really stood out to me as he had 27 touches, 207 total yards, and three touchdowns. Like he averaged 22 yards a catch in that game. Against Tulane, that to me is another thing that just kind of blew my mind. Is is how good he could potentially be out of the backfield. Um, the Penn State game, he struggled in the ball game against them, but he had seven catches for seventy-eight yards. So when he wasn't he wasn't producing on the ground, he was producing through the air, which is something that's very impressive for me. He averaged eight yards a carry on first down. That <laughs> eight yards a carry. I mean, think about that for just a second. You average eight yards on first down. You get the ball second down is second and two, right? You know what I mean? You have two more downs to get two yards. That to me is kind of crazy. 31% of his carries resulted in first downs. 43 uh, 43 carries that went for over 14 yards. Nine of his 13 touchdowns went for over 21 yards, including touchdowns of 62, 68, 40, and 75. I think that number would have been a little bit higher. I'm not going to criticize his speed because I think he is fast, but I think his top-end speed when he kind of – he can kind of get worn down a little bit towards the end of of running down the football field. He had a 75-yard run in one game and didn't score a touchdown. So that to me was kind of just a testament to like he got chased down. You know, 75 yards is a long way to go and not get a touchdown. So that to me was kind of uh, insane to think. Another thing that I really liked, he had five less carries on the road, and he averaged – seven point one carry seven seven point one yards per carry on the road and five less carries on the road and 300 more yards you know what I mean a lot of these college kids especially like quarterbacks running backs receivers they show out in the Hogan games right you know what I mean I'm not saying they don't show out in the on the road games but a lot of these guys play college you play a lot more home games than you don't for most of these schools so for me to see that he had five less carries on the road and 300 more yards is pretty impressive he's patient with the football uh when he hits the when he hits the when he hits the hole he's got very good vision he's ready he's very swift in in moving inside that hole and and getting it but when he sees the hole when he sees it open up he's gonna he smashes right through it and and it's beautiful to watch because you see these patients um running backs just kind of want to hit the hole really fat and and some of these guys have that patience to kind of stutter step a little bit and then kind of turn it and, and go up the field um the crazy thing about it is with the 51 catches that's just not out of the backfield folks I, I was watching the game like I just said against Tulane and he was lined up as a wide receiver caught a ball caught a ball 20 yards down the field lined up with a safety caught it over the safety went went for a touchdown um that to me was is, is something crazy and then of course on the, on the on one of the other plays he ran a wheel route out of the backfield caught the, caught the wheel route took that one to the house as well you know what I'm saying so for me it's impressive whenever a running back can not just run the football, not just pound the ball, not just average eight yards a carry on first down. He can also catch balls out of the backfield. He averaged 12 yards a, a reception last year. That, that's another thing that's absurdly impressive about this kid. You know what I mean? He averaged 6.3 yards a carry, which, again, super impressive, and then 12 through the air. Um He's able to stay upright after getting that initial contact. Again, he's not a super big guy at 5'11", 195, but he's in that, you know, typical kind of running back range right now. But even be a smaller guy, he took a lot of hits, was able to stay. He's got that lower body strength. Maybe put on a few more pounds for my liking. I think maybe within this offseason of being opting out, he can put on a little bit more weight, get a little bit more size and strength into him. But um he has the second level speed but it's something that i, I wish i would have saw a little bit more of because like i said he could be ca- chased down but if you're getting a 70 yard run and you get chased mm-hmm. down i'm not mad about it <laughs> you, at
2: you that point must... you're just exhausted
1: <laughs> exactly you know <laughs> what i mean i can't run probably 20 yards without being exhausted <laughs> but um the way he's 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 able to flip a switch on the second level he, maybe not that third gear once you get to that third but the second year he's able to flip that switch really fast and then and kind of make a move to get down the football field. But I was super impressed with watching this kid. I, I I will be, like you said, the first to admit, like you said about Kennedy Brooks, Gainwell, you talk about him, you talk about him, you talk about him, you were excited about this Memphis offense, You're, and, you know, obviously it's kind of sad, but we still have White, we still have Coxie, but, you know, it would have been nice for the three of them to be together, but this kid's impressive. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys, whenever I get off the air, he's going to, probably skyrocket into my top seven. I wouldn't be surprised at all by looking at my stuff. I was just like, all right, where can Gainwell go? Because he needs to go up. But as we transition into a lot more of these guys and understanding some of these guys, I do like the fact that we had some guys opt out because now we get some eyes on some of these guys that we never did before with you, with Brooks, with me and Gainwell and understanding them and kind of saying, oh, wow, like I – I get why people talk about him or I get why he's ranked here or there with somebody else. So it's been nice. Kenny Gainwell, I'm
2: man. Dude's good, man. Dude's good. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, a, <laughs> I've been a big fan for, for a while. Right. And it's yeah. just, I, I think the reason, well, one, just because of his play on the field, but you find yourself, Flipping through channels or whatever, right? And, and you're like, oh, game's on. I'll watch this. You know, I've I've heard of Memphis. It, obviously, they're that's an extreme example, but it's one of those where they're just on TV and you're like, I'm gonna watch it. And as you're watching, you're like, man, like this, wow. And then you start watching more games. You're like, I'm gonna watch that Memphis game. So that's just kind of how how I stumble across a lot of a lot of guys in, in yeah. some cases is you watch that one game, like, and, and from there you're just like, well, I'm gonna watch more Memphis or I'm gonna watch more obviously LSU again, everyone's watching LSU last year, but it's just one of those where you stumble across the game. and You're like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. And that's how a lot of times these at the time under the radar guys, obviously Gainwell has definitely gained a lot of interest, but that's how you start to find a lot of these under the radar guys is, is you, you kind of watch that. Or even if you're going to watch film and it, I always go back to it, we were watching that high school film where I think we were watching Drake May and we were yeah. like, man, who's that receiver? Right. You know, so it's one of those where someone else now pops off the film. So it's just interesting stuff like that.
1: And it it is. And it's crazy that he had 51 receptions last year, even with Antonio Gibson in that backfield. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Gibson was getting his. Obviously, you know, the world infamous quote, you know, Gibson had 33 carries last year. You know, I think I've heard (laughs) that 7000 times on Twitter. But um, having 51 catches is very impressive to me. Like for me, like I I I'm really high on Kylan Hill. But after watching Gainwell, I think I like Gainwell more. I think his I think his game is is more complete than Kylan's is, and um, I, I do think that he'll Gainwell is going to be easily in my top tier of of my uh, picks. Whenever this uh, podcast is over, I just wanted to admit that <laughs> on the air. <laughs> what can you do with Brooks? That's what we talk about here on the show. We're not perfect, you know what I mean? No. We we you know we don't we're not able to watch every single game, but sometimes when we start diving deep into these guys, it's like man, like. <laughs> This is the hype, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or there's guys that we dive into, like Jordan Love, and we just watch the tape, and we're like, "All right, so where's the good tape at?" You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be one name. Like five years from now, we'll still be talking about Jordan Love and how you know he's just awful at being a quarterback.
2: Watch, um, he's going to be the guy. Takes over is. for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to win three Super Bowls. Yeah. Watch, watch, whatever it is, what it is. And we we'll be think talking it'll happen. about in I don't years. Think it'll happen, years. Neither do
1: I. I mean, you know. did you see that? I sent you the video of him in practice. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's one throw, but it didn't matter. It made yeah. me feel good about myself. Exactly. Transition into the last guy. Who do you got for us, man?
2: All right, last guy that I have is Warren Jackson, wide receiver out of Colorado State. Um, big guy, big guy, six six, two nineteen. Um, definitely got some some good size to him. He was only a three star prospect coming out. Um, hundred and fifty second ranked wide receiver in his class, on one hundred first ranked player in the state of California. When you look at his numbers, right, so he he took a huge, huge jump. When you look at his 2018 stats, 10 games, 48 targets, 32 receptions for 405 yards and four touchdowns. Then you transition to 2019. That's where big, big, big jump really came in. 122 targets for 77 receptions, just over 1,100 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. You counted for 49 first downs. He had the one fumble. You know, again, it's going to happen, right? And we don't know if it was lost or not, but only having one, you can kind of overlook that. Once you start seeing three, four, and so on, then you start to raise some questions. One, I'm not gonna really, you know, raise raise an eyebrow about, but um, definitely want to hold on to the ball. But his stats took a massive, massive jump. So I went and looked at his yards per uh, touches by yards. Um, four to thirteen yards. Forty of his touches. Came from four or were between four to 13 yards, 51.9% of his total touches there, 14 to 21 plus yards. He had 33 receptions, and that's 42.9% of his his total yards. So essentially, 90 some odd yards or 97 or 96 or so percent, 94% of his total touches went for four or more yards, right? Which from a receiver, you would really, really hope it's going to be that because they're running down the field to catch the ball. So, but one area that I was very, very concerned, not concerned, well, kind of, but um questioned or wanted to see a little bit more in depth was the red zone, right? When you think, when you see six six, you're just like, okay, you just kind of automatically go to that. At least we do. I know we do. What did they do in the red zone? So I went and looked at it. He had 20 targets, nine receptions for 103 yards and six touchdowns. Only had two first downs, but what do you expect, right? You're inside the 20 already pretty much. It is what it is. But six of the nine catches went for touchdowns, which is a a very, very nice number to see. And then I stepped back and looked at it a little more. I was like, man, you only had nine catches, only had 20 targets. So I was like, that just doesn't seem like a lot. Because when you look at outside of the red zone, hit 102 targets for 1,016 yards, right? 60, 68 catches. So I was like, man, I feel like he could have seen a little bit more action inside the red zone. So I looked at it. He did see, though, 37% of the total targets and 35% of the total receptions inside the red zone. So he was the guy, right? The numbers aren't as eye-popping with the 20 targets and nine receptions. You're kind of like, man, I, I wish you would have seen a little bit more, especially on the catch side, right? If he would have been closer to 15, that would have been pretty awesome. But again, we, I did not go and look play-by-play for the red zone. So again, we've said it. Did the quarterback under pressure throw it away? We don't know. But it's one of those where – he saw a bulk of that red zone production, right? 37% of the total targets inside that red zone and 35% of the total team reception. So he was definitely the guy they looked at. I mean, being 6'6", I would hope so. He's great at the 50-50 ball, right? He uses his height. He he definitely is able to get over a lot of the corners, a lot of the safeties. Um, he just towers over everybody. Um, but what I noticed is he kind of su- struggles to create separation um i watched about two three games of his clip and and within those he did create separation in in some instances but it just seemed like most of the time he kind of struggled with that and he just uses his size to really go over guys which isn't a negative thing but for me when he transitions to the next level you're not able to do that as much right the corners are better they're bigger they're faster the safeties the linebackers even right Linebackers aren't going to be as fast as your corners and safeties, but some of them are, some of them are, because they're just freaks of freaks of nature. But um, you just, you, you, you can't really do that at the next level, right? You've got to be able to create the separation. And I just think he struggled with that a little bit at the, the college level. So unless he can figure that out at the next level, I think he's going to continue to struggle with that. And I'm not a big, big fan of doing because I don't like having a player change the position but I do think he's one that might do better at a tight end position. He needs to put on weight, right? At 6'6", the height's there, but 219, that's not going to cut it, right? Now, I'm not saying he needs to gain 40, 50 pounds because that's going to change his whole entire game, I feel. But I do think even if he can gain about 15, 20 pounds at the start of things, right, it can transition and and, and mold his game a different different way. And the one player that, that he really reminded me of, and... <laughs> It may not sound like a great comp, and I'm hoping he has a better career than this. But Ricky Seals Jones, right? He's the one that popped into my mind at the start. One, because A and is always on my mind, right? It always is. He went to A and M, but he was a receiver at A and M, right? And he kind of underperformed there. Warren Jackson obviously has much better stats at the college level than what Ricky Seals did. But when you went to the NFL, he transitioned to a tight end position, right? And he had his little stint whenever he was with Arizona, right? He had, I think, those three or four weeks where he was like, everyone was picking him up off waivers, right? Everyone was picking him up. So I I think, though, Warren Jackson potentially transitioning to that tight end position may not hurt him, and it may actually get him onto a team more than than being at the wide receiver position. He's got the talent, right? I do think he will be on an NFL team. He 100% will at least get that opportunity in a camp. But I, I'm just watching his film a little bit more. I'm just concerned that he's gonna struggle in certain areas. Um, that I think he he can definitely, you know, work on. But you know, it is what it is. Um, I think this season, I think this season would have done him a lot of good if he would have gone out, worked on those those little things. Um, and, and if he would have put up another thousand plus yard, you know, ten plus touchdown season. You know, maybe maybe we see a little bit different, you know, mindset on it if he was able to work on those little things that that he's able to, that would be able to do. But it's going to be interesting to see. I, and I know how a lot of these guys are, right? They've been a wide receiver, they've been a quarterback or running back. They don't want to change positions, right? Nope. But in the end, if a team mm-hmm. tells you we're going to give you a contract, but this is our stipulation, more often than not, right? You, you're gonna you're gonna kind of go that route. Um, but maybe he doesn't and proves me wrong, but I just think he's got some things he needs to work on to stay at the wide receiver. And I think potentially putting on some weight, I think he, he might do a little bit better at that tight end position personally.
1: Yeah. For me, uh, we, we kind (laughs) of joked with each other. Very bad joke. Uh, You talk about Warren Jackson. I talked about Josh Jackson next week's show. We'll be talking about the Jackson five. Um, So for me, I was like, all right, let me let me dive into one of these guys that I really don't know a whole lot about. So obviously everybody, this comes as a shock to everybody. I like the quarterback position. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna talk about Josh Jackson, quarterback out of Maryland. Uh, three-star prospect, 6'2", 215. Um, the thing about it is, is, so I was looking at some of the initial things that were conversated about when he first came out. Um, he was a seventh-ranked dual-threat quarterback on 247, which blew my mind because if you look at his junior stats, he had 1,850 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 68% completion percentage, all impressive numbers. But the thing that impressed me the most was 783 yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. So I'm like, all right, this guy is a dual-threat. I'm going to watch some tape on him, and I'm going to see him make moves with his legs. And I watched the tape, and I did not see that. Um, In his first season with Virginia Tech, I will say he did have 324 yards on the ground. He averaged, you know, like we don't worry about average yards per carry because every carry for a quarterback is knocked against them. You know, it's counted as an attempt, which is very weird. The transition to the NFL is weird. But um, for me, he, he kind of showed some flashes in that freshman year. Sophomore year came around. Some stuff happened at Virginia Tech, so he transferred to Maryland. Last year at Maryland, he had 53 attempts, negative 53 yards rushing. Okay. Again, that could be to do to sacks and stuff like that, which get dinged against him. But still, we're talking about a dual threat quarterback, right? Dual threat. I just I was watching the tape and and in his time and his 10 games with Maryland, I'm just like, I, I where is this dual threat quarterback at? I don't see it. It's it's not there. And that's to me is is something that kind of really shocked me because I'm like, all right, well, if you opt out, that means your tape has got to be good, right? You know what I mean? But last this past season at Maryland, he uh, 98 completions, 207 attempts, um, averaged 47% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Obviously, you do not like that ratio. In wins, in the in the games that they won, he completed 58%, 9 touchdowns, 1 interception. Um In the games they lost, 41% completion percentage, three touchdowns, five interceptions. It, same, it seemed like as a season progressed, he kind of just got not better. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was brutal. Against the Big Ten, 47 of 107, 43% completion percentage, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, his biggest game of the year was against Howard, um, hmm. if that says anything for you. And he had, in the 10 games that he played last year, he had 12 touchdowns. Four of them came in that game. You know what I mean? And then three other ones came against Syracuse, which Syracuse wasn't you know, all that in a bag of potato chips last year either. So he had some really bad games last year uh, against some big-time schools. Um, against Ohio State, four of nine, mm. passing 35 yards. Uh, Penn State, 10 of 21, um, struggled there. Um, against Michigan, nine of 20. Uh, 97 yards, Josh Jackson struggled mightily. And the crazy thing about it is, is like I said, if you go back to, to read some of the thing, the potential was there, the dual threat, you don't, you're not ranked the seventh ranked dual threat quarterback for nothing, you know, in your year. Yeah. That's not, might not be as high as, as some of these other guys, but the thing about it is, is coming out you see a lot about him. Um, but for me, uh, he was 54 of 120 on first, second, third, and 10 plus. completion percentage on first down. That is just, that's ugly to me. You know what I mean? Like normally, normally on first down, your highest percentage completion percentage is first down. You know what I mean? You know, you're, and for him, it was just first and 10 was nasty. Everything's below 50%. Um, Watching his tape, He has a nice red zone ball. He has a nice 50-50 ball that he gets the the ball to his receivers. He does have a decent arm. He doesn't have the greatest arm strength, but whenever he does have some time, whenever he does set his feet in the pocket, he can throw the ball down the field. There was clips of his highlights. I'm like watching. I'm like, oh yeah, this kid's not bad. But a lot of them, I had to go back to Virginia Tech days. You know what I mean? I had to go back to 2017, watch those Virginia Tech games where he did throw 20 touchdowns. You know what I mean? He did only had nine interceptions. It's not grand. They were solid numbers for a freshman. You know what I mean? So his numbers weren't ugly that year. They just weren't. You know what you kind of expected. But for a freshman, 20 touchdowns, 60 percent completion percentage. How do you go from that to? 207 pass attempts in his uh, in 10 games with Maryland, drop your percentage uh, completion percentage 12 points, and then just miss the season. Now, I will say, the big thing for me is the reason why I think that he opted out was because I think he was going to lose his job anyway. To his brothers up there, um, they, he got it granted eligibility mm-hmm. within the same time frame where he announced that he was going to move on. And I don't know if Josh Jackson is really going to be in the conversation come draft time I don't know if he's going to put himself out there there's miscellaneous rumors out there that maybe he's just stepping away from football as a, you know as a collective whole which would be interesting but if he does for me Josh Jackson is just a he's just another name and and I don't not knock the knock the kid but there's just not enough on tape for me to see that he's going to be drafted in the first seven rounds and like I said for me it was more about watching tape of somebody that I had never seen before and that's what I did with Josh Jackson and when I came out of it I'm not I wasn't thoroughly impressed I didn't see what the potential was when you read about what he did in high school and what he did in high school is awesome you know what I mean you know 800 yards double digit touchdowns and stuff like that but watching him on tape I wasn't very impressed with him and uh, I don't really see a future in the NFL for Josh Jackson. So,
2: do you think he's maybe maybe one of those guys? You know, like I said with with Warren Jackson, obviously different heights, different different positions to start with. But do you think he's maybe someone that transitions to a different position? And because it sounds as if quarterback's not not for him at the next level, right? Which isn't I, always that, that's fine. But right,
1: no, I, I don't know if he is fast enough. Right, you know what I mean. And I haven't it, watched
2: any film on him. I'll be honest. No, so I, no, I no. It's
1: a good, great question. It's a good thing to think about moving forward because it's it's asked of some of these guys, right? And it, it it's no, I don't because I don't. He doesn't have the size to be like a tight end. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he doesn't have the speed to kind of be a slot receiver to be like an Edelman or some of these other quarterbacks turn received like Terrell Pryor or anything like that. And he doesn't really have the size to do that either. So no, for me, I really just kind of feel like it sounds kind of me. I just feel like this is the end of the road, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Maybe the XFL opens the door. Maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I feel like a lot of the reason why he opted out is because A, he struggled last year, was going to have to compete for the job. And mm-hmm. I don't think he was going to win the job. They didn't bring to his brother in there to to not hold play. the clipboard. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't. And and I was going to try to say his name. Teola? To toio, I Can't even say his
2: last name, much less his first name. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I I had a lot of fun this week. You know what I mean? It's it's nice looking at guys we had never looked at before.
2: I'm excited. And it's funny how this one came about. Yeah. Because the past what two weeks we both talked about a guy. Who either one health reasons may not be playing, yeah. Who opts out? So we're just like, you know what? We're going to talk about guys we know are not playing <laughs> the college football season.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's a, it's as we inch closer, we're mm-hmm. going to be able to talk about what we see yep. week to week. Now I'm excited. Next week we'll actually get to talk about some live football. We'll talk mm-hmm. about your boy Brady White. Your boy Brady White's playing today, so um i'm shane's playing today again yep. as well i'm excited to see what he does these guys are again that quarterback position right man that that, that i my my three through 10 could really swap weekly it, the quarterback position i don't know i'm ready to see well we got what three weeks away until some um smc football yep. but um the uh, best quarterback on the planet is playing next week so that's all that's all that really matters so um Kelvin Monson not playing next week, sorry. I know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, though. I am excited. Football's back. We get to talk about weekly football. We get to talk about guys. We'll bring back our stock um you know guys rising up mm-hmm. our boards guys you know going down our boards and stuff like that because it's going to be different it's going to be different this year many you know light years different than any other season before and I think it's going to be very interesting to watch these guys inside the SEC because they're playing each other week in week out and I feel like they're going to beat on each other and it's going to be so much fun to watch and so much to dissect these guys because the what I'm really excited to see JT Daniels I, I want him to play I yeah. really do you because you know, I want him to play and then just like Jamie Newman, but damn, I should have probably played, man. You know.
2: Well, and what's going to be interesting to, to me as far as like that draft stock up down type thing rankings yeah. is we're going to be seeing like, for example, I'm just going to use names here. This, this isn't necessarily going to happen, but like a Justin Fields, right? It's how he's not playing technically. Yep. So let's say a Kyle Trask goes out there. It's just like, man, Kyle Trask is killing it, but we can't forget what happened previously you know just because field isn't on the field it's not like we can just say all right trask is now the qb2 and fields is down to five like that's that's not how it's gonna it's it's different right it's gonna be you're gonna have to but they're
1: saying that they might play football
2: yeah you know because he's gonna go to georgia what (laughs) 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 no transfer back
1: i get. i I could have heard something something. yeah they're supposed to be voting about potentially getting ready they might play in a couple weeks so it'd be interesting.
2: Hopefully. Um, if not, he's going back to Georgia. I'm calling it. <laughs> he's going to I'm calling it. No, well, but it's just one of the he you know the Georgia
1: Georgia might win the chip, so there's
2: that. Easily. And, yeah, I mean, But no, it's just one of those where it's like when you when you look at a player, you watch him and you of course, you know so and so goes out there and absolutely dominates, you know. The receiver position is the perfect example. It, yes. I'll say free, so it's one of those the best where,
1: receivers in this class are, yeah. are playing this year.
2: Yeah. So it's just like it's gonna be tough to now say, "Oh, hey, he's my wide receiver one," just because so and so is not playing. Like it, yeah. that's it's the talent level didn't change yeah. on a chase on a Bateman. No. Like it didn't change. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna chase be interesting. is
1: one Period. He's gonna be my one one at wide receiver position. Not and be you provide. wouldn't be
2: wrong. You know it. Yeah, I'm gonna be interested to see how many rankings drastically change because of whatever reasons. Yeah, because you
1: have to stay. You're right. Because you have to stay true to what we saw the tape, the 2020, mm-hmm. the 2019 tape. You have to. Yep. You know what I mean? You, and you have to believe that Chase, Bateman, Surratt, Gainwell, these guys are at home. They're going to work out. They're going to yep. improve. They're gonna you have to buy into that stuff. You know what I mean? they you have to buy into their stock. You can't just say, Oh, they didn't play, so I'm gonna knock them mm-hmm. down to my fifth, sixth, or seventh. No. Kenny Gainwell, after this week, I'm uh, waving that flag right next to you. But like mm-hmm. that, he he has the tape. Chase yeah. Chase is Chase, you know, what I mean? obviously. Folks, do us a favor. Head on over to the Music City Drive-In to check out the rest of the shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network. Head on over to Twitter. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. We do continue to appreciate the support that you guys show us week in and week out by listening to our show. Um, It is very, very appreciative. We are getting a lot of responses from you guys. Our social media following has gone drastically up on the Debbie Delight podcast, so follow the Debbie Delight at the Debbie Delight. Remember, if you have any questions for the season, head on over twitter ask the questions don't forget to join the discord um, i'm having a lot of fun in the discord i can't wait to talk more debbie stuff and and college football draft and college football in general and football in general over the next couple months with each and every one of you um, if you want to link to that all you have to do is head over to the musiccitydriving.com or just go to one of our twitters and check it out as well uh, thank you so much for tuning in again this week and we'll talk to you guys next week see y'all later
0: say goodbye